0: Thank you all, worship team. Thank you all, worship choir. turned mine off. <laughs> Let's pray for just a minute. Lord, thank you for your, your great mercy with which you have loved us. God, thank you for giving us a respite to come together and to worship along with all of the heavenly host. Lord, I had the sense that there were angels throughout the heavenly realm worshiping along as we extolled and exalted your name Lord more than anything else we want to be a people who are about your presence consumed with your presence and representing you within the world in which you have planted us God take today and use it in each one of our lives accomplish your purposes and Lord, we're certain that you will do just that, because we ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said together, amen. Well, I, um, I've, as we sort of move toward our ordination and installation of officers today, I just want to take a few minutes and sort of compress a theme that's been on my heart and, um, one of the things that I've been increasingly aware of if you read on the internet and depending on your sphere of, of influence there is a growing uh, sort of concern that well the forces of darkness are escalating. Anybody sense that? People are talking about it and, and that can be quite a downer uh, at times because I think the enemy uh, the enemy of our soul the soul of the church in every era has at his sort of um, the primary agenda that he has is to discourage god's people uh, and uh, secondly to actually consume with darkness the nations of the world he, he, I think of the the Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's one of my. I mean, I just love that series of movies. And if you can, if you've seen that, anybody has anybody seen that besides me? Many of us. The, these these dark hordes, you know, uh, marching um, these, of of Mordor, you know, with the the white thing on their head. And you know, they're after something. Y'all can see if you've seen it. You know what I mean? That's sort of my image of how in the days in which we're living the enemy is sort of you know uh, targeted and focused to uh... discourage and to destroy uh... the work of god on the earth now the way he sometimes does that and the way it translates into um, specific tangible personal kinds of results is while he marches, he sort of speaks lies. Now, I don't know how that happens. You know, we just know that about a third of those who worship God in the heavenly realm at one point in time were cast out, and they're somehow engaged in the destruction and thwarting of what God's doing in the earth. One of the ways I think that that may happen is by discouraging God's people, and one of the ways that I hear is that um, he these minions, these whatever they are, fallen angels, demonic forces, who knows. Um, But one of the things that they do is that they speak lies to God's people. And uh, one of those lies is that um, I am absolutely insignificant. Uh, Maybe you've heard that. You are absolutely insignificant. You don't matter. Secondly, uh, if you've been around the church very long, if you've walked with Jesus very long, there's a second one. There's a bunch of them. But the second one is that uh, uh, you, you, nobody cares for you. Anybody heard that one? Well, it's your personality. It's my this. It's my that. It's you know. It's 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 I am insignificant. And secondly, I really um, am not cared for by people. And the third one is sort of builds on that, and that is that uh, you really don't matter in this life. You're insignificant. Nobody cares about you, and you have no purpose. It's all lies. But how many of us believe that at times and find ourselves swirling down into sort of the mire of, of, of living, at least emotionally, in that realm? And uh, at the same time, I want to read a scripture as I begin because, uh, as someone accurately said, it's all lies. The fact is, um, in Isaiah chapter 60, I was here when a musician by the name of Steve Fry was here. Anybody, was anybody here with that? Yeah, 50 plus maybe people, maybe 100. And he read from Isaiah chapter 60 this verse, and I'm going to read the first three verses of Isaiah 60, and it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now see, this is prophetic declaration over the people of God in every age. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness will cover the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles even shall come to your light and kings to the brightness um, of your rising. Now, uh, what I suspect is happening in these, this age in which we live is that... Um, Whereas it feels like the darkness is um, uh, multiplying, God has a plan. And God is going to, in a sort of corollary to, uh, to the enemy's uh, sort of disheartening and discouraging his people, God is about to arise upon his people and shine now in order for that to happen it's important as God's people to recognize something about their identity because if the enemy can succeed in telling you that you're insignificant and nobody cares for you and you have no purpose in life and on and on it goes and if you align your thinking with what he is speaking and you begin to believe it you will find yourself neutralized from the very identity and destiny and purposes of God in your life. So what I have been uh, sensing in my own heart is that God is calling us His people to continue to talk about and discuss and remember our identity of who we are in Jesus. Because you've got an enemy who doesn't want you to know it. And secondly, if you know it, he doesn't want you to remember it. Because if you don't know it or if you don't remember it, you'll become discouraged, neutralized, and not walk in your purpose. Recognizing your identity brings us uh, to a change of how we think. I was with some friends last night, and we were talking about this sort of this, uh, this way in which people are wired. You see, if, if I can lose sight of my identity, um, I, I, won't, I won't think what is right. And if I don't think accurately according to what God says about me, I'll begin to feel awfully bad. And if I feel awfully bad, then I will uh, speak certain ways, and I will act certain ways, and I will then frame my life and walk in a... Uh, neutralized form, maybe a religious experience, but never enter into the full identity and the destiny that God's called me to. The thief is a liar. And if I agree with him, I'll begin to feel what he says. If I feel what he says, I'll speak what he says. For out of the heart the mouth speaks, I'll act according to what I believe, and I will never walk in my destiny. You understand what I'm saying? Now, God right now around the earth is helping his people come to grips with who they are. This isn't just here. This is everywhere you turn for the God is giving revelation to his church. Now, let me walk real quickly through just a number of things having said that. If you turn to Exodus chapter 19, um, I want to read just uh, uh, three or four scriptures in Exodus chapter 19. And And here's why. Um, if we need to understand our identity and I have been dealing with this beginning at Abraham the covenantal blessings of Abraham that God called Abraham he blessed him he said I'll make your name great you'll be a blessing and ultimately all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you Now, this is Moses uh, uh, many years after Abraham in in Exodus chapter 19 uh, the first three verses God says to Moses, Hey, come up here. I'm going to tell you something. And not only do I want to tell you something, I want you to speak what I tell you to my people. And then in verse 4, God says this to Moses who would then speak it uh, to the children of Israel, the house of Jacob. Number 4. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. remember what I did to the Egyptians God says you think there are hordes marching remember what I did to the Egyptians the horse and the riders were thrown into the sea you're not gonna lose I have a purpose you saw what I did to the Egyptians and how then I bore you the children of Israel uh, upon eagles' wings and brought you to myself here, to this mountain. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure. Do you say those two words with me? Special treasure. God has a special treasure on the earth right now. It started way back in the beginning. We saw it through Abraham. We see it now through Moses. If you hear my voice, if you keep covenant with me, you shall be a special treasure to me above all other peoples. For the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words, Moses, which you were to speak to the children of Israel. Now I'm going to go to another text and then I'm going to come back and summarize for just a minute. Turn with me to the very last book of the New Testament. It's called the Revelation, the Apocalypse of John, first chapter. So in, while you're doing that, in Exodus, God says, Moses, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm going to do and this is why I took you out of bondage in these people. And now... John gets a sneak preview. It's sort of like, you know, God pulls back the the blinders and he says, Now look, this is what's happening with my people at the very end. The revelation of John that God uh, showed him. And John then speaks what he saw. That's the first three verses. John then, and and then in verse 4, John then speaks to the seven churches... Which are in Asia. And he says this Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before the throne of God. Some translations from that Greek is the sevenfold spirit before God and before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn uh, from the dead. Uh, And he, Jesus, is the ruler over the kings of the earth. Now, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to our God and Father, to him be glory forever and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, What Moses heard from God and what God spoke to Moses and Moses spoke to the people is that I have a people on the earth who are special. They are holy. A kingdom, a priest, uh, a holy nation. We come here then to uh, the revelation and we see that God in fact fulfilled that. God pulled it off. God accomplished what he actually said. That is happening right now in the heavenly realm. Now, one other text, if you turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, and I wanna, or chapter 2 actually, I want to look at two or three verses here as we sort of move toward our conclusion today. And what I want you to see is that what God said he would do, he actually accomplished through Jesus in the Revelation. John saw it. Right now, you and I get to walk in it. Isn't that cool? Okay, 1 Peter chapter 2. Let me read verse 5 to begin with. And it says, "...and you also are living stones being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ." And they talks about he lays in Zion a stone and some stumble on this stone and don't believe and others believe. And then down at verse 9 it says this, But you, but you are, not you will be, (laughs) you know, in the future, right now you are. This is who you are. This is identity stuff. That if we don't understand it, we can't... uh, We can't change the lies that the enemy speaks to us. We can't uh, enter into our identity and therefore our thinking and our feeling and our acting and our speaking line up with the, the darkness that's arising. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. In order that you might proclaim or declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Now remember, uh, you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained uh, mercy. Now let me sort of go back and just sort of summarize with you just for a moment because I'm a visual person. And I suspect some of you are visual as well. What God had intended from the very beginning in Abraham and then through Moses and then through David and through all of the prophets. And we get all the way into the New Testament. Jesus, the one who secures the covenant for us, is the one who ultimately makes it happen in eternity. Uh, So in Exodus what we saw is that he's looking for a people who will hear him and obey him. So we have the privilege as God's people to be those who are discovering how to hear the voice of God. Now, if we had time, we could go into the New Testament. You know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And Isaiah prophesied, whether you turn to the left or to the right, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. See, we have the capacity to hear and to obey God's voice. That's Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. And uh, through Christ, then... Um uh Christ keeps the covenant and it's secured to us. By grace you've been saved through faith. Oh, this is not of yourself. This is the gift of God, so that you won't boast in it. It's Ephesians two, eight and nine. So through Christ we are then covenant keepers, and in Exodus nineteen four we find out that we are a special treasure. Somebody wrote me an email and it was just a blessing, you know, email, and I wrote them back and I said, You are a treasure. And so that it wouldn't be misunderstood, I wrote Exodus 19 for and and, and following. Because it is true for every person in Christ. We are a special treasure to him above all the other peoples on the earth. Um, Therefore, the destiny that we have, we see in Exodus 19, is that God is forging, he is making us into this kingdom of priests um, who live upon the earth. And we are a holy nation. That's what God intended. That's what John saw in the Revelation. And that's what Peter said we are right now. You are holy. Well, I don't feel holy. Remember what I said? There is an enemy who is lying. Right now, belching out all kinds of misinformation about who the church is. And if you buy the lie and begin to think those thoughts, you will feel a certain way. And you will speak a certain way. You will act a certain way. You will neutralize your identity and your destiny. You are a holy nation. Now, again, back to Revelation. Let me just put it up here because some of you are taking notes and you want to just get some of this down. You are right now a people whom Christ loves dearly. So much that Jesus went to an instrument, probably wasn't quite as good looking as this cross, and on it he gave his life. So that you could be purchased back out of bondage because you were loved by him. In the Revelation chapter 1, it says that you were washed from your sin. All of your sin. I don't feel holy. Doesn't matter. What is true is what Jesus has done for you washed from your sin by His blood. Is the blood of Jesus sufficient? Thirdly, what we find is that in the Revelation, we are a people whom God now says, you are kings and priests to serve before me forever. Now, I don't know what all of that looks like. When you read the Gospels, when you read the Revelation, you know, we talk about heaven and where that is and what that is and what it will look like. I believe the people of God now, you but you are right now in the training ground for what you're going to be doing in eternity. And I think it's to rule cities and regions of the earth. Because you're kings and you're priests to God. Now, and we then live as kings and priests to God, uh, we live for his glory and for his dominion upon the earth. Redundantly, but back to 1 Peter again. Let me summarize what Peter said because they're all very, you see, I'm connecting the dots from the extreme Old Testament to the extreme end of the New Testament and everything in between. This is what Peter said. Uh, uh, Peter said that, but you are now alive on the earth for a specific reason. You say, well, I feel insignificant. I don't feel like anybody cares. I don't know that I have purpose. You know, if you're in that sort of trap of thinking, let me say first of all that it's a lie because the truth of God says you're absolutely different than that. Now the question is, will we believe what God says or will we believe a lie or that which is manufactured out of our own flesh? God says you are alive on the earth right now for a purpose and God is about releasing his identity into his people and God has a true identity for you we, we walk in the masquerades these these, uh, these things that we wear so often and they're false if God would give us the capacity to receive his revelation of who we are as his people because of what he has determined to do what he ultimately fulfills in Jesus, we would walk differently in this life. And see, that's why I'm hammering this home again and again because I have a hard time believing it. Anybody else like that? Because I'm human. See, we discover our true identity and what Peter says is that you are a chosen generation that you live upon the earth right now because God has chosen that you would be alive in this generation Because he has a purpose for your life. And his purpose is that we would begin to discover that the king uh, has a royal family. And we're it. We are his royal family. And we are priests that will serve him. And the church is beginning to step into that. And God has made us a holy nation. Now, what I realize for myself is that I'm, I'm discovering that I'm a prince. I know. I know. Go ahead. No, 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 no. He's really a frog. No, no, no. I'm really a prince. You see, and many of us are caught and trapped in this Uh, frog identity. Remember, you know, all the mythologies, you know, and somebody had to kiss the stupid frog, so he changed into a prince. I walk in my frogginess, and so do many of you. And what God is wanting us to recognize, uh, not for the first time perhaps, but to begin to really appropriate the truth, is that Jesus has come and kissed you right on your forehead and transformed you into princes and princesses. (laughs) I look more like a jester, I know, but you know, that's who I am. And as God moves us into our identity because He's done everything to bring it about, it is transformational. It transforms how I think and how I think, transforms how I feel and how I think and feel, transforms what I say and what I think and feel and what I say transforms how I act and when I think and believe properly and feel properly and speak and act properly, guess what? Out of the heart the mouth speaks and they, we become different people. That's what God is doing right now upon the earth. He is releasing the identity of who the people of God are for those who will believe it. For those who won't, J- Jesus becomes a stumbling block for them. Now, let me give you that we are God's own special people in 1 Peter 2, 9 and following. Some of you need to begin to speak what is true about yourself. I find I wake up at times and I say, I am special. Now, why do I say that? Because I don't feel special. Um, I have a royal calling. Why do I say that? Because I don't feel royal. But God has a people that are destined to be upon the earth right now. I'm going to close with this scripture. This is a New Testament scripture from Romans chapter 5, verse 17. And it says this, For if by one man's offense, remember where that happened way back in the garden, if by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned through that one man, we become frogs. We become enshrouded in death. We become uh, internalizing that we're no good. That's what death looks like. However, much more. Can you say much more? Much more. If death happened through the disobedience of Adam, much more those who receive the abundance of grace. You think I'm making this stuff up? For those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they will reign in life through this one person called Jesus. Brothers and sisters, that doesn't change the suffering that Steve prayed about. That doesn't mean you're going to escape all of the difficulties of life. But what it does mean is when a people understand who they are and their identity, they begin to think different, feel different, speak different, act differently, and they become a different people. And God's raising that holy nation up right now. And you're part of it. Some of us need to ask him for the revelation that can only come from him to believe what he says is true about us. Now over the next four, five, six weeks, I'm not sure, it's my intention to talk about what it means to be a prince. I'm tired of talking about being a toad. You all know what I mean by that? I'm tired of being a toad. And I've received some revelation from God that says, You're not a toad! And I've gone, Huh! You're kidding! No, I didn't. Why do you think I sent Jesus to die on the cross just to forgive your sin? No! So that you could then receive my presence because I am holy and I am making you into a holy nation so that every place you go, the very presence of God, the presence of my spirit will go with you. Some of you are going to begin to get that by revelation because we've been praying that and sowing that and speaking that now for a long time. And it will be life transformational. Now... We win. I just want to pray for us for a minute. And then I want to ask our, our, our deacons and elders who are going off uh, the session and the diaconate um, to come. In fact, why don't you do that now? Except for uh, Jeff Nason and David Bartlett. Because they have not only served their term, but they've agreed to serve another term. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. David, are you here? Sonia's here. David's not here. Jeff, stand up. Go on ahead, brother. Let's just embarrass you right now. We want to thank you. Now, let me, before, before I pray, let me actually call up those who are going off. Monty, if you're here. Monty, Monty. Uh, John Rubel. He was at the first service. I don't know if he stayed or, around or not. Tony Satterfield. Uh, David. Um, heartness are going off of the session. So if you come up, I would appreciate that. And then, Dwayne Kale, if you're here, uh, and Dan Livingston, if you're here, just come ahead and make your way up here. If you're not here, we'll pass these out later. Now, let's just pray for a second. Lord, I want to thank you for the truth of your word, God, That that you have taken a people and have transformed us into a nation that you call holy and a special people upon all the earth, a royal community of princes and princesses uh, who are priests of the Most High God. Father, I want to thank you for that and for the truth of your Word. And God, I pray your blessings upon your people, everywhere they are, that we would get all that you have for us in these days in Jesus' name. Now, for those who are going to be uh, ordained and installed, I'm going to ask for you to come forward at this time. Uh, Ron Anderson, I know you're here. If you would come forward. And uh, if if your wife is here or spouse, please come up and and join Uh, uh, Ron. We're going to ordain them. But uh, also, uh, Roy Hughes. Roy, you're here with your bride, Karen. Yeah. Just stand uh, right here. Al Cimino. I saw Al. Where's Al? And Lee, you can come too. Um, And Phil Stump. And bring your uh, wife, Jan, if you would. Um, Ron Davis, you can come. Um, Don Morgan. Is Don here? There he is. Bring Jan, yeah. And Jeff Rose, you guys come up as well too. Now, as they all get here and arrive and turn and look toward you so that you can identify them. You will have to kind of smoosh together just a little bit. Um, It's our privilege uh, and um, honor to lay hands and ordain some and install others who have already been previously ordained. Uh, So I'm going to ask you to turn around, if you would, and face me at this time, because I have a series of questions uh, to ask you. Um, Of the elders, uh, Ron Anderson, I mean, uh, yeah, Ron Anderson, thank you, and Roy Hughes. There you are, Roy. You're going to be actually ordained. Uh, and Al Samino and Phil Stump. Phil Stump is here. Al is right in front of me. They've served uh, numerous years before. Uh, Ron Davis, um, Don Morgan, and Jeff Rose, you will be ordained as well. I have a series of questions I want to ask you, and I appreciate the wives coming as well. Here's a question to each one of you, whether being ordained or installed. Do you reaffirm your faith in Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior? that's how we get kissed do you believe the scriptures of the old and the new testament to be the word of god totally trustworthy fully inspired by the holy spirit the supreme final and only infallible rule of faith and practice do you do you sincerely receive and adopt the westminster confession of faith and the catechisms of the church as containing a system of doctrine that's taught in the holy scriptures do you Fourthly, do you promise that if at any time you find yourself out of accord with this system of doctrine as taught in the scriptures uh, and the catechisms that you will of your own initiative make known to the church, the session, uh, the change which has taken place in your views since the assumption of your ordination vows? Will you or do you? Uh, Fifthly, do you affirm and adopt the essentials of our faith? And they know what those are. We believe in Jesus and the virgin birth and those kinds of things. Uh, Do you subscribe to the government and discipline of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church? We belong to each other. Do you promise subjection to your fellow officers in the Lord, those who have served and those who are presently uh, serving, do you? And have you been induced, in as far as you know your own heart, to accept the office um, of elder or deacon from the love of God and a sincere desire to promote his glory in the gospel of his son, do you? And finally, do you promise to be zealous and faithful in promoting the truths of the gospel and the purity and the peace of the church, whatever persecution or opposition may arise on
1: that account, do you? will you seek to be faithful in the diligent exercise of your duties as elder or deacon whether there be personal relative private or public and to endeavor by the grace of God to adorn the profession of the gospel in, in your manner and walk of life Do you. are you willing to take responsibility in the life of this congregation and will you seek to discharge your duties Relying upon the grace of God in such a way that the entire Church of Jesus Christ will be blessed. Will you? And finally, to the congregation, do you, the members of this congregation, continue to receive these persons as ruling elders and deacons, and do you continue to promise to yield to them uh, in their office? in obedience to the Lord and in accordance with the Word of God and the Constitution of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Do you?
0: I'll turn my mic back on. Would you, uh, kneel? and if you're all able to do so, uh, would all of you do that? Now, any of our elders or other deacons and leaders in our church, would you come forward and let's just lay our hands upon them and pray for just a moment uh, for them? Lord, I thank you for uh, each one of those whom you have called to serve uh, as elder uh, or to serve as deacon. God, we each serve you um, and you alone. Lord, I would pray that by your spirit you would pour out a fresh revelation of who you are into their hearts and that they would carry that into the world as they diligently serve you with all of their heart, mind, soul, and their strength. God, we bless them today. And Lord, we say that uh, these are those whom you have called by your name. And Lord, I have heard that we respond to your call and the people pray us into power. And God, I pray that as They now are kneeling that your power, that your authority, that all of the giftings of your spirit, all of the fruit of the spirit would begin to unlock the revelations for them and for those whom they serve all of the days of their lives. We bless them today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said together, Amen. You may rise. And as you're doing so, uh, let me speak one other thing, except uh, I think Jim ran off with it. It goes like this. By the authority of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, according to the Scriptures and according to the laws of this church, I want to declare today that you are elders and or deacons filled with His Spirit. God bless you. Let's give the Lord a clap offering, shall we? I'm going to invite you all to stand. And if you want to make your way up here, feel free to do that. Hug on them just a little bit. Hug on each other. But we're going to end with one more song and kind of go out uh, just with some celebration. God, thank you that you're here in our midst. We bless you today. In Jesus' name.